Hello, and welcome to the Acting Notes Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things acting, from tips and tricks to business information. I'm your host, Justin Powell, still sick, by the way. I finally caught COVID. It is a real bummer. Uh, I'm feeling better now than I was over the weekend. That was kind of the most brutal days of it. Now it's just frustrating because I've been trapped inside with very low energy uh, for these past couple of days. I'm ready to get back out in the world, but I can't yet. I'm still testing positive. So instead, I'm, you know, trying to keep my spirits up, recording a podcast for you. Uh, But that's enough about me and my predicaments. Let's get into what we're going to talk about today, which is what should we do when we feel like our career is stagnating, when we feel like it's not moving forward the way we want it to. And this topic was something that was inspired by one of the listeners reaching out to me via Instagram uh, with some questions regarding their acting career at the moment. So I'll get into that a little bit later, but I really do appreciate whenever anyone reaches out, whenever anyone shares any feedback on the podcast, on the Instagram or TikTok pages, it's always good to just have some understanding about what is landing with people, what's working, and it even gives me a guiding light towards where to move things forward. So I appreciate this. Appreciate you reaching out, Randy. We can all have moments in our career where we feel like it's not growing the way we want it to. You know, maybe you've done a couple of co-stars, but you're stuck there. You can't seem to book any guest star roles. Maybe you've been on the guest star loop for a while, but you can't seem to book any leads. And sometimes it doesn't have to be something that's so results-oriented that makes us feel as though we're stagnating. Sometimes it can be in the work itself. Maybe we've been working in a class for a while and we just don't feel like we're seeing progress the way we used to. So let's get into this a bit more. And the first thing I I would like to do is maybe a bit of a downer, but it's also just a reality check. You know, I think it's necessary. Viola Davis had an interview recently, I believe, where she brought up the statistic that only 0.04% of SAG actors make 40000 a year. Think about that. 0.04%. 40000 that's less than a teacher's salary for a year. So we have to grapple with that fact, you know. We have to grapple with the fact that we have chosen a career where unemployment is actually going to be most of your time. The time where you're actually working is going to be less for the most part. Now, are there actors that can get past this? Sure. But it's rare. It's rare, and it's not something you want to bet on, right? You don't want to get into acting because you're like, I'm going to be Leonardo DiCaprio. Now, you can strive for that. That's okay. But if you are expecting to be Leonardo DiCaprio, and it's that or bust, then maybe this isn't the work for you, right? And that's a question to ask yourself, too, as you're getting into acting. I don't mean for this to be defeated. Maybe that's not the right word. I don't mean for this to be melancholy. But ask yourself why you're getting into acting. Are you getting into it because you love the craft of acting or because you want fame or money? 
And it's not wrong to want those things. That's fine. But I don't think those will sustain you the way that the love of the craft will. Because the fame and money is such a tough, tough thing to achieve. Again, we that statistic shows not many actors make above 40000 a year from acting. That's why you have to find other things that can sustain you. I have a friend who's a really brilliant actress, even created a short film recently that has done well in festivals. And she made a very amazing decision, in my opinion, to take some time off of acting so that she could learn how to code, so that she could get a better-paying job that would be flexible but would be able to sustain her acting. And those are the decisions that many of us will have to make because this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It just isn't. So ask yourself, why are you doing this? I think understanding your why is incredibly important. It's something that you can go back to in times where you feel dejected, where you feel like maybe this isn't working. The other thing we want to think about is ultimately this industry, there's so much that's out of our control, right? There really is. There's so little that we control. We don't get to control when we get cast, when we work, when we get auditions. So instead, we need to try to focus on what we can control. Because we can lament all of those things, but in the end, that won't necessarily do us any good. I'm not saying you shouldn't. You know, you can you can bemoan these things. You can have a day where you feel frustrated by all of it. That's fine. But if you allow that frustration to pile up and and deject you more and more, then I think you'll eventually quit. And I remember I remember hearing an interview with an actor who had gone to my school. He came back, he gave a little interview to a bunch of the students, and someone asked him, how did you make it? How did you finally make it? And we all expect, I think, when we hear that question, for some brilliant story of their hard work and how dedicated they were. And I love what this guy said. I don't remember the actor's name, but he said, I just kept going, and eventually other people fell off. They just quit. They moved back to Iowa or wherever they were from, and I just kept going. So soon those audition rooms that had 50 people that looked just like me dwindled down to 30, and then to 15, and then to 8. And suddenly the odds were a bit more in my favor than they were before. So I think that's important to remember just, again, in the sense that this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, you can come in, spend all the money on a real service or making sure your headshots are the top quality possible on workshop after workshop, but it's not a guarantee. So what can we control then, right? First off, to touch on Randy's, where he says he has a good reel, a good resume, good headshots, all that. That's great. You need your marketing materials in order, right? If you want to make sure your career is progressing forward, you got to make sure that you have materials that represent you well. 
that market you the way you want to be marketed that are targeting the roles that you're most likely to go out for. But there's something that I don't think people talk about enough when they when they're bringing up their career. And maybe it's because we're not conditioned to talk about this. It feels weird. But no one will ever say, and I'm a good actor. Because that's important, right? (laughs) That's important that we're good at what we do. What is the saying, opportunity? No, success is luck plus opportunity. Something like that, preparation. I don't know. I'm butchering this, but... We need to be prepared for the opportunities that we'll have in our career. The moments that we'll have that we might look back at as a sliding glass door, right? There's that narrative that I think a lot of us are over at this point, but this idea of the overnight celebrity. And really, the person that becomes a star overnight, usually there's years and years of work that we just didn't see. Work that a lot of you might be doing right now. We don't see that. We just see the glamorous story at the end. And then we get sold this narrative that it should be done overnight. You know, one of the worst interviews on acting I've ever heard, and I I, I almost lament bringing this up, but I, it's something that really sticks in my craw because I like the actor. I like the, the creator. It's John Krasinski, who was Jim on The Office. Uh, amongst other things, created a quiet place, was in that movie as well. Uh, seems like a very good guy, but in an interview on Off Camera with Sam Jones, I remember him saying, essentially along the lines, if you haven't made it by 30, then you should just quit. I don't know what you're doing. Which I think is just absolutely atrocious. There's so many artists who, if they had quit by the time they were 30... We just wouldn't have, like, anything in this world. We would have lost all of their brilliance. Age is not the defining factor here. It's about working. It's about your love of the arts. And can you keep going? But yeah, are you a good actor? And really assess yourself in that. What are you good at? What are you bad at? What are the roles that you could see yourself playing? Are you in classes? Are you working on a weekly basis? If not daily? You know, I I remember I, I, I worked with this coach by the name of Jeff Seymour, who I think I've brought up on the podcast before. Great guy. Really great. And in one of the classes I was at, He talked about how, you know, actors sometimes can be so lazy. Not all of us, and not all the time, of course. We're as lazy as anyone else. But actors can, you know, on a daily basis when they don't have an audition, actors can, on a daily basis when they don't have an audition or a role that they're actively working on, will do nothing around acting. And there's so much you can do, right? You hear people say things like, well, you know, I'll learn that Boston accent if I get cast in something where I need a Boston accent. That's too late. If you're just expecting them to buy a dialect coach for you, 
it's too late. And look, I, I, I think more than a lot of people really want to respect the fact that I know that if you're pursuing this career, you're also working one, two, or three other jobs to try to make it work. Your time is precious. I get that. So I'm not saying that you should, you know, destroy yourself by making every minute of free time into acting time. But there are ways to work it more into your day, right? Even something that gets demonized a lot, which is you just go home and you watch Netflix. Like, yeah, I I don't think mindlessly watching something is good. But what if you're watching a Netflix show and you're actively breaking down the scenes that the characters are working through? You're seeing the choices that the actors made and starting to consider what you might have made in that decision. How you might have differed from this person. Seeing what worked and what didn't work. That's a way that you're actively engaging and working at least some of that acting muscle. Acting classes, of course. You're, it's, it's like going to the gym. And ask yourself too, if you're going to classes, are you going to classes that are actively challenging you or are you comfortable in them? You know, I've been coming up against that recently where I'm starting to realize I'm getting comfortable in the weekly class that I go to. So I'm thinking it might be time to switch soon. Because if you're comfortable, you're probably not growing. And there's plenty of classes. You could do scene study, on camera, audition technique, improv. Figure out where you're deficient in your acting and take a class where you can work on that, where you can get better in that area. So that when the opportunity arises, you're already there. But there are other things that we can do to make sure that we're getting better on a daily basis. Read scripts. Read plays. This is a Don Cheadle bit of advice that I heard. But yeah, you can always be working as an actor. That's what he says in an interview with uh, Sam Jones, again off camera. You can always be working. Watch the great actors. Study their performances. There are acting exercises that you can find that will daily stretch you out. Read poetry out loud. Watch a show that you think you're right for. Transcribe a scene from something you'd want to work on. Figure out who's casting the shows that you think you should be on. Work on your craft on a daily basis. Make sure that by the time you are getting called in for those auditions, you're a damn good actor. Now, let's say you're doing all of that. You're already working on your craft on a daily basis. Controlling what you can control, right? You're making sure your marketing materials are fantastic. They're up to date. You got great clips, a great reel. Make sure you're on the same page with your representation. Are you guys actively going for the same projects? Do they see you the way that you see you? The next thing you can do is work on networking. I'll be honest, I did not network nearly enough when I was younger. And over the past couple of years, I started to make it more of a priority, and I have gotten a lot of roles just from knowing people. Didn't even have to audition for many of these roles. Just because I knew them, they had seen my work, and so they said, hey, I want you to play this part, and they'd bring me in. 
networking is such a huge factor in this business in particular. So look for networking events in your area. And I don't know, uh, Randy, where you are exactly, but if you're in Los Angeles, if you're in New York, there's plenty of opportunities to go network. And even start looking at, you know, smaller scale stuff, student films. Because oftentimes you'll be working with people that are going to be the directors of the future. You know, I've booked projects with people who initially I worked with them on a student film like years ago. I've then booked projects as their career has grown. They've remembered me. They brought me back. The other thing to do is really get specific about the type of roles you're most likely to play. Now, we're actors. We can play anything, right? That's the beautiful thing. But, especially when you're starting out, you're going to be seen a certain way. You're the quirky best friend. You're the grim doctor. And after that, start looking for those archetypes in the shows you're watching. Start to find which shows you're most likely to be in. What network are you most likely to be on? Then start looking at the casting directors for those shows. Figure out who's casting the shows that you want to be on. Make a list. Make a list where you have their Twitter, their email. If you go on IMDb Pro, you can get all this information. I think you can put a, on IMDb Pro, you can put on an alert that tracks them if they're casting something new, if they're doing an event, a workshop that you could go to and meet them, or start communicating with them via Instagram or Twitter. Just replying to their posts, you know, keeping it light. And you can even cold email. It might not work. I mean, the cold email is such a risk. I mean, no, that's I said that completely horribly. It's not a risk. It's unlikely that you're going to get a response if you're just cold emailing them the first time. But, you know, I had a friend who is starting to really grow her career as a director and actress. And she was actually speaking at an event recently where she said she used to just cold email production companies, A24, HBO, just giving them little updates on her career. And she didn't hear back from them. But as she started to gain more and more traction, eventually she did. Now, who knows? Maybe you could argue, well, it's because she had the traction. That's why they responded. Maybe they became more aware of her traction because she kept reaching out. It's tough to say, but honestly, I don't think it hurts. You know, I I met another guy recently who, through networking via Instagram and social media, was able to get himself an audition for the lead role of an FX series. And he made it all the way to the, like, third to last round, I believe. And that was, he had no representation. I think he had, I don't even think he had 
up-to-date headshots. It was all through his networking. And then he was able to use that to reach out to managers and agents and say, I made it to the third round. And he was able to get signed by an incredible manager because of the hustle he put in. So network, target, figure out what shows you want to be on, and then work towards it. Now let's say you're doing all of it, right? You are aware of the numbers, the odds, so you found your why. You have that thing you can go back to that keeps you motivated to keep working. You have the great marketing materials. You're working every day on your craft or weekly as much as you can. You're reading plays. You're watching content with intent. You have a list of casting directors that are most likely to cast you. If you want to get super specific, this takes a lot of research, but you can quite literally start to see who's most likely, or rather, you, you go through an episode of the show they're casting, right? Go through a season. See who's booking those co-stars or guest stars. And if you start to even take notes on those people, on those actors or actresses, you might see some similarities in headshots, in agent. Might be a similar agency that seems to get booked there a lot. I've even had a friend who was able to get into Shameless because she really wanted to be on that show. And so she got headshots that matched a character in the show. Literally, like down to the clothes that character wore. And she ended up booking it. She'd also gotten like a clip that she could use that could have been in the show. It wasn't from the show, but, it, you know, a similar type of scene. And eventually she made it in the show. So it's that specificity, right? Because we don't want to be vague with our acting career. We don't want to be like, I just want to get there. That's, you know, a fine starting point. But how? same with acting. How do we get specific? The specificity is really where it's at. But let's say you're doing all of those things. Then, the ultimate thing we have to do, I think, is begin to create on our own. Because auditions are going to come and go, no matter where you're at. I have weeks where I have just way too many auditions, which that's like the douchiest thing I think I've ever said on this podcast. But it's true, weeks where I just feel overwhelmed by how many auditions I have to work on. And then I have weeks go by at a time where I got nothing. And I bet you that's a very similar experience for many actors, many actresses. So what are you doing then? Are you going to wait for the industry to come to you or are you going to start creating? That's something I highly recommend. I'm going to do a podcast episode on this very soon about multi-hyphenates. If you don't know what that means, it's just people that are actor, writer, directors. Actor, director, cinematographer. Actor, producer, director. Th you know, multi-hyphenate. I think that's a really important place to be. A lot of my friends that are making it further and further in the industry are not just acting. They're doing multiple things. They're learning to tell their own story. 
by making a short film, by putting up a theatrical production. I had a teacher who said, you have to show the industry how to use you. So work on a film that will showcase you. Work on a story where you'll get to play the parts that you know you can play. On the one hand, it'll be a good thing for you, right? It'll be good to learn the other side of the camera. As you, you know, as I've become more of a, a screenwriter and learned writing, I just start to understand story better now. And that allows me to use that knowledge in my acting as well. But the more you can understand all elements of the film process, the, the better you're going to be as an artist. So create. Create, create, create. So I hope this helps. You know, the sad answer is there is no one path to end stagnation. There's not like a, here, take this pill and you're good. But there's things we can control that make it more likely that we'll keep progressing. And that's something we have to think about too, just in terms of progress in this career. It's not linear. You're not going to, for the most part, have that straight line. It's going to be all over the place. It's a roller coaster. And it goes back and forward and up and down. And so that's why it is really important to consider why are you doing this? Is it something you love? Is that love going to be able to sustain you? I had a a business coach ask me once, and I thought it was a very important question, which was, how much are you willing to lose for this career? Where's your line? Is your line sleeping in your car for your acting? Sleeping in your car so that you still have the money to go to classes, to get headshots, to do everything you need to do? And that's not, you know, there's no judgment either way. If your line is above that, that's fine. If your line is there, that's also fine. Maybe your line is, I don't want to have to live with a roommate. If I have to get to a point where I need to bring a roommate into my space, I, I just don't think I should do it. That's also fine. But it's important to know what your lifeline is in regards to this. Stagnation is a part of the journey. It's not our favorite part. But it's one we can learn from. One we can use in our work. One we can use to create work. So I hope this helps. And this feels like a downer episode. <laughs> a little bit to me. Maybe I'm just feeling a little bit ill, and so it feels down. I think there's always a path forward. I would encourage you to continue acting, even if you feel like maybe it's not worth it at this point. I would ask why you got into it in the first place. Connect to that love of acting and recognize that, again, there's no one like you in this world. And we need 
The world needs to hear voices. We need to hear hearts. Acting is necessary. You know, acting... A lot of actors are tasked with really embracing humanity and their emotions and aspects that the rest of the world is conditioned not to experience or told they shouldn't experience, right? That they can only experience it vicariously. So if you have the ability to give that gift to someone, the gift of empathy and connection, I think it's important you keep going. And you know, I've kind of danced around in my head as I've been doing this episode about sharing my why, which I may have done before, but I know the reason that I act is because when I was a kid, I felt very, very alone, very misunderstood, very confused about where to share those feelings with, who I could share them with. But when I watched movies, I felt seen in a lot of ways. I felt a connection. I felt like some of the things I was feeling weren't so shameful because I saw them on the screen. I saw others going through it. And it made me feel more connected. And so the reason I first decided to pursue acting was because I wanted to be able to give that back to make others feel seen and connected to make other people feel less lonely and that's a powerful motivating force for me but what's yours if you focus on your why then you control what you can control then yes, stagnation will still come. But you'll be able to push through. Thanks for listening to the Acting Notes podcast. As always, please leave a like or review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It really helps the podcast grow. And if you have any questions or comments or concerns, feel free to reach out to me on TikTok or Instagram at the Acting Notes. I'm Justin Powell. Thank you for listening. Peace.